What is going on, everybody? How is everybody doing today? Welcome back here today to episode 29 of the Just Ballin' Podcast. I am joined by Christian once again. What's up, Christian? What's up, Matt? It's good to be back again. Yeah, I'm excited. We're doing another redraft. We're doing the 2017 redraft. So in the last pod, we did 2018, and today we're doing 2017. We're going to go back and forth like a fantasy draft. This time, I have the first pick, and if you guys do enjoy these, we can just keep going with drafts or stuff like that while the NBA is on a hiatus. So I guess without further ado, we can get into this. And we kind of talked about this a little bit before, like what we're going to kind of do here, but I think we're going to do this as Philly still has the number one overall pick because they made the trade before draft night, but trades that were made on draft night, like Denver trading out of 13 and Utah trading up to get Donovan Mitchell, Denver is still going to stay at 13, Sacramento is still going to stay at 10 and picks like that. But um, an exception that was traded on draft night was Chicago also trading Jimmy Butler uh, to get the seventh pick and obviously other assets as well. So we're going to have Chicago stay at seven um, instead of Minnesota drafting that pick. So we're going to act like it's Chicago, Philly at one, but the rest like Denver will be at 13 instead of Utah. Sacramento will be at 10 instead of Portland. So yeah, we can get into this now. All right. So with the first pick in the redraft, I do have the honor of taking the first overall pick and I'm going to go in the redraft, the Philadelphia 76ers taking Jason Tatum. Now, uh, before this season, you would have probably said Donovan Mitchell, but Jason Tatum has taken such a leap as a two-way star. He was an all-star this year. He might be all NBA. He's a top five team in the Eastern Conference and might be the best player on his team currently. He might be having a better season than Kemba. I think that is up for debate. And I think just his length, his versatility, it's a scoring wing, and those are very valuable in the NBA, especially scoring wings that can play defense and that are efficient. And I think Tatum is... I think he would be the number one pick in anyone's redraft. It depends like where you think his fit would be with Embiid, Ben Simmons, but I think you could plug him at the three, still have Simmons at the one, and then you could have Embiid at the five. And I think Tatum is going to be the number, he's going to be the number one pick in the redraft. So on to you with the Lakers, Christian. So with the second pick, uh, the Lakers in the redraft are going to be taking Donovan Mitchell, uh, who you talked about a little bit as coming into the season was probably number one. Had a pretty good year this year. He didn't do anything wrong. It's just Tatum was so good that he bumped them down a spot. Mitchell's still a really good player on a really good Utah Jazz team. Um, he just continues. Uh, he surprised everyone his first year. Now it's not a surprise. You know what he's going to do. Uh, he's just a great all-around player on a really good team, playoff team, and he'll continue to get better. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it was very hard to pick over Tatum or Tatum above Mitchell. Maybe he's a little younger. I think he still has a higher ceiling than Mitchell. Uh, so we have Tatum at one, and then Mitchell to the Lakers at two, uh, pairing up with Brennan Ingram. And maybe they don't trade away D'Angelo Russell if they take Mitchell, who knows. But at three, the Celtics, they originally took Jason Tatum. Obviously, he went number one. I'm going to have them selecting Bam out of bio here, uh, a center from Kentucky. Yes, they already have Al Horford on the team, but you can kind of slide down Al Horford to the four. Won't be as good, but maybe while well, Al Horford is still on the team for the next couple years, and then he leaves in free agency, you can kind of develop Bam. And he really showed out this year, and this year was the year Al Horford was even on the Celtics. So I think he'd be a nice, versatile big for them they do have wings like Jalen Brown they ended up signing Gordon Hayward in uh later in this offseason so who knows that could still happen they had Isaiah Thomas off his breakout campaign who knows they could still trade for Kyrie Irving but I don't think they lose a step here with Bam I still think they'd be a pretty good team obviously you'd probably rather have Jason Tatum than Bam but it's not a bad fallaway option at three if they were to lose Tatum here in the redraft so on to four with you and the Suns will probably do better here I would say yeah, a little bit better than Josh Jackson. Uh, Suns are going to go with De'Aaron Fox. So they're going to get a point guard, which is something that they've been looking for for a little while now. Uh, and they haven't really found one, whether it be like Ulysses, uh, guys like that. No one's really worked out, but De'Aaron Fox would definitely work out. Um, 
He's another really good player, lefty. Um, he's on a bad Sacramento team, which doesn't help because he's he's a good passer too. Um, but he's a guy that would really help that team around Booker. Like they would start to be looking at a, as like a playoff team if they had Darren Fox right now. Mm-hmm. And like their point guard carousel throughout that season, or the last mm-hmm. two years, really hasn't been good. It was like Eli Okubo, they tried Devin Booker there, they had Javon Carter, uh, a bunch of guys coming in. And yeah, I agree. Fox, it would have been nice if they took him in real life. So five was really tough here. It came down between two power forwards for me, one being John Collins, the other one being Jonathan Isaac. And I ended up going with Jonathan Isaac uh, to Sacramento here at five. This was post boogie trade. So they already have Buddy Heald and obviously they didn't have Marvin Bagley yet. So they're adding Jonathan Isaac, who's a versatile big. He can play five. He can play the four. He can play the three. And he is a an elite defender already. He was going to probably make an all defensive team if he was to stay healthy throughout the whole year. It's unfortunate that he got hurt, but he's a guy that could switch on defense. He can guard faster players, he can guard smaller guys, and I think if he he's consistently improving his jump shot, and if he can end up being around like a 35 to 37% three-point shooter throughout his career, he's going to be a very valuable asset in the NBA, because he can play elite defense at almost every position, he can guard almost every position, he's good in transition, he's quick for his size and his length, and he can hit an open shot, so his offense definitely needs to improve, and it's definitely, you'd probably rather have De'Aaron Fox here at five if you're Sacramento, but since he's already off the board, I think Jonathan Isaac is not a bad number two option for them um all right so now we're at number six which is orlando uh isaac not on the board anymore i'm gonna take who you were just talking about john collins um collins wasn't like looked at as like a top tier prospect in this draft um you know he went a little later in the first round but he's developed really good on the hawks uh the suspension kind of Held him back a little bit, but when he came back, he was really good again. Uh, he's really athletic. Been in a dunk contest already. He could score. He's just a good player. I, I, he's like a double-double average guy. It's going to be interesting. Like, Do you think he's worth like a max contract? If like, he's, I think he's going to demand it. I think he wants it. it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I don't know. I don't think so yet. Mm-hmm. I, I just think he's like... He's kind of a liability on defense, not a liability, but it's definitely not an above average, probably post defender, inside defender, but he was crazy uh, from three this year. He improved so much from there. He's a great offensive player. He's a good rebounder. You know what? I think I think he could be worth like the rookie extension. If Jamal Murray got it, I feel like Collins isn't too far behind on Jamal Murray. So I think, I think he could get it. So speaking of power forwards, we have a kind of a run here. Isaac, technically a power forward, Collins power forward. I have another one going at seven and I have Chicago taking who they originally took, Lowry Market, and now. It was kind of hard. There's definitely other guys you can consider here at seven, but I think with the most potential for what Chicago was maybe working with, marketing could be their guy. Obviously, the on draft night, they made that huge blockbuster trade with Chicago, uh, excuse me, with Minnesota, where they sent pretty much Jimmy Butler to Minnesota and they got back Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and the seventh pick in which they used on marketing. And I think marketing is still a very good player in the NBA. I think he could be a very I think he can be an all-star one day. I just think coaching and kind of the team fit around him isn't the greatest. I think he needs the ball in his hands a little bit more. He needs to kind of just shoot more, try to get to the line, maybe work on his post a little more. Uh, His defense isn't great, but I think if the offense was more centered around him and maybe had just like a philosophy and a direction that offense, which it doesn't in Chicago whatsoever, marketing could have been where we think John Collins is right now or Jonathan Isaac, maybe that valuable, but He's not, but I still think with the potential there, I have him going at 7 to where he originally went, the Chicago Bulls. 8, I have a pretty interesting one uh, for the Knicks. They 
originally picked Nino Aquino, looking for the point guard of the future, which they've been looking for forever now. I'm going to have them taking Lonzo Ball, actually. Uh, there's talk now about you know, them drafting Melo this year, possibly. Um, but I think LaMelo Ball in the Knicks would be a much better fit than what he's had so far. Um, he'd be exactly what they're looking for, a great passer. He'd have room to improve. They're, uh, he, I think he'd be starting easily on the Knicks if he was there, so he'd be getting the minutes. I think it'd be a better situation all around, and I think he'd be the perfect player for the Knicks at eight. Oh, man. Just how, like, crazy it would be different if we took Lonzo. Like, I feel like Lonzo's first two years wasn't much, but this year he really improved in New Orleans and was definitely mm-hmm. better and more of, like, a higher-tempo offense. I don't know if Hornacek would have ran that or David Fizdell or whoever the coach was um, for any point of Neil Canyon's tenure, which hasn't been great. But, yeah, definitely an upgrade probably over Frank Neil Canyon. It'll be interesting to see where he goes in this redraft. And I think he I think he could go in the first round in a redraft. So I guess we'll wait and see on that. So Dallas at 9, they originally took Dennis Smith Jr., in Dallas, he wasn't that bad. He was obviously a guy that was going to put up offensive numbers, wasn't great on defense, and really wasn't a shooter. Uh, but then when he got traded to New York, it went downhill from for him there. But at 9, I'm going to have the Dallas Mavericks taking OG Ananobi, who originally went 23rd to the Raptors, wing out of Indiana, a stellar defender, one of the more underrated perimeter defenders or one-on-one defenders in the NBA. He's a good three-point shooter. He's just an efficient. I think he, you can plug and play him on any role or uh, on any, yeah, on any role on a good NBA team. He's basically your 3 and D guy. He's not going to demand the ball a ton. He's going to play a weak defense. He's going to run in transition. If he's in the corner and you like say your primary players, let's say Russell Westbrook or James Harden or Kyrie Irving, they drive, draw some attention. You can kick it out to OG and Anobi and you can trust them to hit an open shot. And I think with Dallas, obviously they weren't great in the 2017-18 season, which led them um, get Luka Doncic in the 2018 draft. So I still think that could happen with OG and Anobi. And I think it would be a very nice complimentary piece to Luka. Obviously, we don't know if the Chris Sopcich would happen, but yeah, that is my ninth pick. Dallas taking OG and Anobi here in the redraft. 10, the Sacramento Kings are up now. Uh, they took Collins and obviously traded him. Um, I'm going to have them taking Luke Kennard, a guy who I think has flown up the redraft board this year with the season that he just had for the Pistons. Had a little bit of injuries, but overall, he really... St- I mean, he was just, his first couple of years, he was just... He wasn't awful, but he was nothing special. And now this year, uh, he became a starter for De- uh, Detroit. And he was really good three-point shooter. Um, improved his efficiency. I mean, he just took a step forward. I think he's going to be like a really... On a good team, he could be like a really nice like rotational piece... A guy, you know, he's going to shoot good for, like a Danny Green type, maybe. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And I think Sacramento could definitely use his shooting and maybe run him at point a little bit. Like, obviously, they kind of had a point guard hole or they brought in guys like Corey Joseph, like Darren Collison over time. And who knows who would have been their point guard still if they didn't take De'Aaron Fox uh, with the fifth pick originally. And they got like a Luke Kennard and they already had Buddy Heald. So I think Luke Kennard could be like a nice little combo guard for them. He's a good shooter. Obviously, we know about that. His defense isn't spectacular, but he's a very good offensive playmaker. And I, I, I like the Luke Kennard there. And I think he deserves to go top 10 or have top 10 consideration in a redraft. So so sticking with pretty much two guards, I'm going to have the Hornets, who originally took one in Malik Monk, I'm going to have them taking Derek White, who originally went 29 to San Antonio. He's a uh, two guard from Colorado. He's a good player in transition. He's a good ball handler. He's a pretty good defender. He played pretty well in the playoffs in 2019, where the Spurs ended up losing in round one against the Nuggets. And there's a bunch of guys you can consider that could go here at pick 11, but I'm going to have them taking Derek White. And do you, do you agree with that, or would you have had uh, the 
Hornets take someone different. I would have gone a different route. You would have? See it, pick 12, yeah. <laughs> All right, here you got a 12. At uh, 12, I have Detroit taking Kyle Kuzma. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, took a step back this year, I think we can all agree. Um, but he's still like a, he's a good player. Has to, His efficiency was terrible this year. Um, But overall, he's still a good I mean, this year he averaged, let's see, 12 and a half points, um, which isn't, still isn't bad. I mean, especially at this point in the draft, we're starting to see a drop-off in players. Um, I think he is a player that could be really helpful to a winning team as I like the sixth man or, a guy, you know, a guy who can chip in and score the ball. He's not going to do much besides that, but he can score. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me actually like, so Kyle Kuzma, do you ever see him as a starter on a good to championship team? I think he can be, but not... Not what he's being asked to do for the Lakers, like early. You know, he he was one of like the top three scoring guys on the team. I think he can be a starter on a good team. I see. Like, I think he can be too, but I think it's for a specific like role because like Kyle Kuzma, he's a good shooter, he's a good offensive player, but he kind of needs the ball in his hands. He needs to create. He's not really great off ball. He's not really a great spot up shooter. He's okay, mm-hmm. uh, but his defense isn't great either. So it's like. On a championship team, I don't think he's ever going to develop. I don't think his ceiling is high enough where he could be a 1-2 or maybe even a 3 on a championship team. Maybe technically he could be the 3 on the Lakers this year, but I feel like when you have AD and LeBron and you, you can be the 3 whoever you want and you can yeah. still go to the chip. But like, if he's your 4 or 5 on the championship team, I kind of would maybe rather have like a Derek White in that role just because he can play defense, he can kind of go off ball a little bit, he can maybe hit the spot up 3 um, just as good as Kyle Kuzma. So I think it really kind of finds like what niche you want him to be and i mean i guess if you're detroit you're kind of looking for potential here or charlotte i guess i took white over kuzma and another team that i think right away kuzma probably would have helped them over Derek white and maybe maybe Derek white is just as good as he is right now is because of uh the coaching around him and obviously playing at san antonio they have one of the best player development staffs uh and it's a little bit different from what the lakers had so yeah no i could definitely get on behind kuzma over white so on to pick 13 here Probably a player that I definitely considered taking at 11 to Charlotte, but, you know, he fell a little bit to 13 here, and I think Denver, they already have their center, obviously, for the future in Nikola Jokic, but I think they're still trying to get good value here, and I think they're going to end up taking a backup here, even though he's very good still, and that is Jared Allen, who went 22nd to the Brooklyn Nets, and he ended up being a very solid uh, late first-round pick for them so far. He's a good rebounder. He's a good rim protector. He's a really good shop walker, and I think he would be a nice backup for them. Obviously, maybe they'll still have Mason Plumlee, and they would have to go on from there. Not the greatest or the biggest positional need for the Nuggets here. Obviously, if they got Donovan Mitchell originally, that would have been great. But I'm gonna have Jared Allen going 13th to the Nuggets, not because they need him desperately. It's just because I think the value is just so good here at 13. Um, at 14, I have another pretty good value player. Um, the Heat uh, took Bam Adebayo, so they were looking for a big in the draft. I'm gonna have them going Thomas Bryant, who went second round originally out of Indiana. But he's he's turned into a really good player for the Wizards. Another guy that like. Obviously, you're not drafting him or having him on your team to lead your offense, but he's a he's a good player. Um, this year, he averaged over 12 a game. Uh, he did get hurt though, but he's developing nicely. I think he's gonna be like a really, really he could be a really good bench player, like one of the better bench bigs in the league. Yeah, I think so team. as well. And if he's like, I don't know, I don't remember who their starting center was. I guess at this time, uh, 
I don't even know what their starting center was three years ago off the top of my head. But yeah, probably like an immediate upgrade as well. And he was he was technically drafted by the Lakers, right? And he was traded in like a salary dump or something like that. Yeah, if I can remember correctly, I think he was. He was drafted by Utah. Um, or Utah, and then he might have been... I don't know, I feel like he was on the Lakers at one point. And he was traded with Mo Wagner. That might have been something completely different. I don't know. He was uh, on the Lakers. He was? Okay. Yeah, For that's sure. what I thought. So that wraps out the lottery. Uh, that we can go here into... The non-lottery, which is the hardest part here. So starting off the non-lottery portion of the first round, Portland is here at 15. Obviously, they originally traded up, trading two first-round picks to get Zach Collins at 10. But hey, in the redraft, they're going to get him at 15. I'm going to take who they originally got in the top 10, Zach Collins, a forward from Gonzaga. He's a good defender. He's a limited offensive player due to the fact that he's not the greatest shooter in the world, but I think his defense is good enough that he's definitely worth a top 15 pick still in a redraft. You could even have a you could have a good conversation or debate for him to go even higher than this in a redraft, maybe around the 12-11 range, but I'm going to have him going 15 to Portland here, and I think he's just going to be what they were or what he's been for them, just a solid big man who's going to play defense. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt like he did this year if we were to redo this, but yeah, I'm going to have him going 15 here to Portland. At 16, uh, I'm going to have Chicago going with the guy went one in the real draft, Markel Fultz. Um, twenty seventeen was the first year they had Levine, I believe. Um, but I think it'd be interesting to have Fultz and Levine in the backcourt together. May move Levine to a shooting guard role, and Fultz who could pass a little more. I think that that would be interesting to see kind of how it would work out. Uh, Fultz was much better in Orlando now. Since he's gone there, he's at, he's not a bad player. He's not first overall caliber, obviously, but he's not a bad player at all. Yeah, I I think we could have an, have a debate for Fultz to go even higher than that. I was gonna take him definitely with my next pick uh, at Milwaukee at seventeen, but yeah, Fultz. It's kind of crazy where his career might have been if he didn't get drafted by the Sixers, or obviously the shoulder injury messed that up, and then. He got all that attention and hype for being the number one pick, and obviously he never panned out to be the number one pick so far, uh, but he's been playing well this year in Magic, and this is kind of his true rookie year where he's able to play a pretty full season, and he looked good. He looked really good at times, and I think he could definitely be a starting point guard on a good team one day. So coming in at 17, the Bucks originally took DJ Wilson, who has not been very good in his short NBA career so far, so I'm going to have them taking a uh, good defensive win. Josh Hart, more of a two than a three, but he can guard pretty much both, and he can guard point guards really well. Also, he's a good shooter. He's good in transition. Uh, he's good moving off the ball, and I think he's really good moving off the ball on defense as well. And I think Milwaukee, they're obviously getting really good at this time with Middleton and Giannis, etc. And I think they would love a Josh Hart on this team, kind of like DiVincenzo is for uh, the Bucks now. And I think Hart can kind of be like that. Maybe not as good as a ball handler, uh, but I think Hart is kind of an underrated passer, and I'm going to have him going... 17 here to the Milwaukee Bucks. All right, so 18 is the Pacers. Uh, I struggled with this one a little bit. I'm going to have them take Monte Morris, I think. A second rounder originally. But he's developed into a nice guy. Obviously not a starter, but Indiana 2017, they're be getting pretty good. Um, they're starting to get a roster together. I think Monte Morris would be a really nice guy to have off the bench right now for them older guy out of the draft um and he's a pretty good backup point guard yeah i think that's pretty much it they need like obviously a backup point guard obviously they got brought in a couple years later but they what they had collison at this time or they ended up making a trade for some i think they had collison yeah uh money morris he's a good passer he doesn't turn the ball over a lot he has like one of the best assisted turnover ratios in the nba and he's like a perfect backup point guard and he's showing that right now for the uh denver nuggets so on to 19 
the Hawks originally got jo uh, John Collins here, and it's not going to be as nice uh, as Collins here at 19, but I'm going to have them taking somebody that they maybe took a year later, kind of like that. Uh, they took Kevin Herter, a good shooter in 2018, late in the first round or mid to late first round. So I'm going to have them taking Dylan Brooks here with the 19th pick. Uh, Dylan Brooks just got a recent extension by the Memphis Grizzlies and somebody that was drafted 45th overall in the second round, uh, showing that this is pretty... A pretty nice jump for Dylan Brooks. He's a good shooter. He's great off ball. He's good spot up. He's good with the ball in his hands. And I think his defense definitely needs some work on or needs to be worked on. But I think on a Memphis, uh, Memphis team that has definitely overachieved this year, he's a big part of that. I would say he's probably a top five most important player on that team. If you have Morant, Triple J, Valanchunas, and then I would say he's in there along with like Jay Crowder, DeAnthony Melton, guys like that. And he's very important. I think he could end up being a very uh, longevity of a rotational player in the NBA. I think he can play for a long time and have a long NBA career if he's just going to have that specific role. A good shooter. I don't know if he'll ever be a starter or a top three option on a good team or even a top four option or even a top five option, but I definitely think he could be a valuable rotational player in the NBA. Uh, so that brings us to the 20th pick, which is Portland. Um, I'm going to have Portland taking Nidalekina here, I think. Uh, I think it's a place that would be a little easier for him instead of New York. He's not going to come in and be expected to be the starting point guard and score. Obviously, they have Lillard. So he can kind of just like come in and be a defensive force, which is what, what he is. He's a great defender, about as good as it gets on the perimeter. Uh, and Portland would just have to hope that the shooting can kind of get to a respectable level at some point. Yeah, and I think with a team like Terry Stotts, like they, they can actually give a crap about Neil Akita. I feel like when Hornacek was the coach in his rookie year, they were playing Jared Jack over him, and then last year with Fizdale, they were playing Moutier over him, and then this year, Miller wanted to play uh, Alfred Payton over him, and it's like, develop the guy. Let him let him get his reps. Let him get 10 shots a night, 15 shots a night, and have the ball in his hands. It really sucks how they uh, just decided to develop him, but it's not gone all that good as um, at all, and someone that was drafted in the top 10 over some of these guys that went after him. Like, even Dennis Smith Jr., obviously Donovan Mitchell, that could have been, like, a lot better than taking Neil Keane at that time. But speaking of maybe a controversial pick here, at 21, I'm going to have the Thunder, who originally got Terrence Ferguson, take somebody that was horrible this year, one of the worst players in the NBA, and I'm going to have them taking Dennis Smith Jr. Now, my philosophy is here, back in 2017, the Thunder, they still have Russell Westbrook. They just lost Kevin Durant, and I think that Russell Westbrook could be a pretty good mentor for Dennis Smith. I think he can actually help him develop and he can learn from someone that's a lot better and obviously Smith was traded in his sophomore year obviously to get Chris Porzingis from the New York Knicks I think he could end up having a better career if he were in OKC be the backup point guard for them uh, learn from Russell Westbrook who kind of has a similar play style and I think he'd be a lot better of a player there, uh, today if he was drafted by the Thunder back in 2017. All right so the Brooklyn Nets picked 22nd in this draft and uh, the talent is definitely starting to fall off. I'm going to have them go with Malik Monk um, and just hope that maybe the shooting can get there, like the shooting that we saw in college at Kentucky can one day come. I, he's kind of been a mess in the NBA so far, and then he had the suspension this year. Um, so it's definitely like risky, but you would just have to hope that at some point the shooting can become consistent at the NBA level. Yeah, and since we're waiting here in the first round, most of these teams um, that have their original pick and they didn't like a bad team trade into the uh, this 
specific uh, selection. They they pretty much need some backups. They need some good rotational players that could just be cheap uh, off the bench players and that are just good for them. So so the Raptors here they obviously had Fred Van Vliet as an undrafted player from the year prior and. Kyle Lowry. So I originally thought maybe have them take Frank Jackson, who's actually a pretty solid backup point guard for the Pelicans. And I think with a better player development staff in Toronto, he could be even a better player, but I'm going to have them going with a wing. They originally got OG and OB and he's been great for them. A great value pick at 23. And I'm going to have them taking Semi Ojale here at 23. Now, Semi Ojale, not a great offensive player. Maybe Toronto would give him more reps and maybe develop him to be a more lethal uh, offensive player, but his defense is very good. And it's somebody who doesn't play a lot in Boston. He plays a little bit, but they're obviously a super deep team, but I think Toronto could really use his skill set, and he can kind of be maybe a little bit of what OG and OB is for them. Not totally, but if he could be at least like 70, 60% of that, I think that's a pretty good value pick for Toronto here at 23. Uh, 24, it's the Utah Jazz. Um, and obviously, as you said before, some good, as we get later here, this is when the good teams start to pick. They don't really need the top tier talent as much. They need more depth rotation guys to show up their roster. So I think Jordan Bell would be the perfect player for them. Uh, we saw what he was capable with when he was on Golden State and like how well he did in that role. Uh, for Utah, he can maybe have a similar role off the bench. Um, and that can make him a little more valuable as we saw he left the Warriors and he kind of fell off <laughs> this past year. But um, he's not a bad player at all. Just like a, a good defensively in front of his own basket. You're not really asking him to score much. I, I think he'd fit well on Utah. So on to pick 25 here, Orlando. Uh, originally took Ajax Postnix and he was traded around the league a little bit. So I have them uh, taking Frank Jackson here. At this time, Orlando didn't really have a great uh, spot at point guard. Obviously, DJ Augustine and just a lot of guys here and there. And I think Frank Jackson could develop into a solid backup point guard for them. Uh, maybe kind of what Michael Carter Williams is to, to this day, but or last year. And he's, I think, a lot better than MCW. He's a good player with the ball in his hands. He's actually a pretty good shooter. He's great in transition. I would say he's a serviceable defender. And I think if he got more reps and maybe played in like a city like Orlando, maybe like Steve Clifford wouldn't be so high on Frank Jackson, but I would like him maybe where he can get more of an expanded role. I think he's one of the more underrated players in the NBA, and I have him going at 25 to Orlando here. Uh, so 26 is Portland again. Um, and I think I want to give Portland uh, another shooter. Uh, I'm going to go Damian Dotson for them, who's another guy, like you said, with... Uh, Nilakina for the Knicks, not a like a bad player, and he, he just doesn't get the time. Yeah, I mean, I think he's actually like, yeah, I think if he got more reps and they actually cared about him, yeah, he's a good shooter, he's a good offensive player, and his defense isn't that bad. He's not a liability whatsoever. He's quick on the perimeter. I wouldn't say he's an elite uh, like ball stop or like you're putting him on like a LeBron James or a Kevin Durant, but I think he can guard a team's like third or fourth most lethal offensive player on the perimeter and just be serviceable. So this talent here with the last four picks is going to be rough. There's just a random assortment of names here. And you have guys like Terrence Ferguson, Josh Jackson, Dwayne Bacon, Edmund Sumner. It's, all, it's very tough here. And I, I really don't know who I'm going to go here with the 27th pick. Brooklyn, or technically LA, originally got Kyle Kuzma here. This was obviously from the Brook Lopez trade. And I'm going to have the 27th pick, who's technically the Lakers here, uh, but it's it's under Brooklyn, but it's technically the Lakers. I'm going to have them selecting, I think, Josh Jackson, who originally went fourth. Now, Josh Jackson hasn't been 
like a horrible player in the NBA. He's not been good at all, but he's not been like one of the worst players in the NBA. He hasn't turned out to be like this year's Dennis Smith. He's been playing good in the G League, but obviously off the court, it's a different scenario. There was that whole thing where he gave his kid like weed and his kid was like five years old or he got him high at like a concert. It was super weird when that happened. And he's definitely a little bit of a head case off the floor, it seems. But he, it seems like he hasn't been that bad uh, in Memphis's G League team. He got called up, I think, a little bit at the end of the year before it got suspended. And I think the talent is there. The potential is still there for him to at least be a serviceable backup in the NBA. It just matters if he wants it. And I think at 27 it's a good enough risk to take there. Obviously, if it doesn't pan out, it doesn't pan out. But I'd rather take the potential, the boom of Josh Jackson than maybe going like an Edmund Sumner or Terrence Ferguson route here at 27. The Lakers, another Jackson. I'm going to go with Justin Jackson out of UNC. Um, he was an older guy out of draft, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he was, a, I, I believe, he was a sophomore a, junior. I think he stayed a couple years at UNC. But, um, yeah... Really similar to Josh Jackson, but probably with less potential. Just a guy that you hope, like, decent shooter on a good Lakers team. Getting better Lakers team at this point. Getting LeBron uh, soon. Um, and I guess all you can really ask for is that he can come in and make shots. <laughs> right. Uh, so we had a run on Jackson's there. Three of the last four picks had the last name Jackson. So... Oh, this is tough. 29, San Antonio originally got Derek White. It's not going to be as good as that, but I think I'm going to have them taking Terrence Ferguson, who has not been all that good in the NBA. The athleticism is there. That's kind of mainly why he's still probably that valuable. He's a career 34% three-point shooter, 76 from the line. So I think the Spurs could definitely utilize that. And he could maybe have a better career playing under Greg Popovich. He's like he's had some good coaches. Obviously, Billy Donovan isn't the worst coach. He's not the best coach, but he's not bad whatsoever. And I'm going to have him going to san antonio 29 there's not a lot you can really choose from here and the undrafted pool isn't great either we looked at it before and i'm gonna have them going i think ferguson here with the second to last pick in the first round so christian who is the final pick of the first round um so the final pick uh is utah again and i've already given them some big help so i'm gonna give them uh dwayne bacon here who as you said not that great but, you know, he's a guard. Um, he's not going to start. He's going to come off the bench. And I guess you just hope he turns into a good rotational player on your team. Last pick of the first round. If he doesn't work, he doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, maybe he could have better coaching in Utah over Charlotte as well. So, yeah, that wraps up the first round. Uh, if You can re-listen, obviously, if you missed any picks. But if you are on YouTube, you can see I kind of had a spreadsheet of every new draft pick on the screen as the uh, podcast went on. So, yeah, that is going to be it for us. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Christian, for coming on. This was super fun to do. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that was the 2017 Redraft. If you guys like these, you can let me know on Twitter or you could just write maybe um, a comment on YouTube or a review on um, Apple Pod. So, yeah, if you're listening on any of those devices or any of those platforms, I should say, thank you. And we'll see you guys in episode 30. Peace.